Hello and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast about our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Okay, um, welcome everybody. Um, we are doing our Dunk and Brienne, I don't know, contrast and compare? What What the fuck do we call this episode? I don't even know. I was trying to think of, you know, I have parallels, and what would be the opposite of parallels? That also starts with a P. I didn't have anything. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just start with a P. I don't know. I wanted alliteration. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know... Duncan Brand, we're going to talk about them both. Um, so, as usual, I suppose we should do um, spoiler warning for the show and the book and whatever else, because I guess this includes the Duncan Egg stuff, too. So, um, I have with me on the panel tonight, um, Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. And Eon. Hey, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. <laughs> and we're joined by one of our favorite returning guests, Lady Blade. Hi, I'm Lady Blade War Angel, and I, you can find me at ladybladewarangel.tumblr.com. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and I'm Chicky Chikrin on Tumblr. I guess I should introduce me. <laughs> How about that? Look, I introduced myself a lot. I hope she listens to this one. This is like the first time I've ever done that when I moderated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's <laughs> jump right in here. So I was thinking how funny it is. Like, I don't know how good an idea we get of what Dunk looks like. Um, I mean, we clearly know some things about him, but like, just give me like your off the cuff ideas. How alike do you think Dunk and Brienne do or do not look? Oh. <sighs> They have the height going on. They're both very tall. I don't think that Brienne's as tall as Dunk. Um, from what I, I've gathered from like reading, he's got, she has straw-colored hair, and I've I've read he's got sun-kissed hair, which is yeah. fairly similar, I'd say. But he's got no freckles whatsoever. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Is, there's no mention of the freckles going on. You're right. <laughs> And he's, you know, he's not described as being ugly ever, right. you know, and again, is that, is the ugly, okay, would right. that same face on a female be considered, you know, that whole thing, but. But he doesn't, like, he also doesn't well have. Himself. Sorry, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to think very well of himself personally, but he seems to get enough attention, male and female, to sort of generally give us an idea that he might actually be good looking yeah there's right. so much flirting going on i can't imagine that he's at all out of you know anything out of whack on his face <laughs> and he doesn't but i mean you never hear about his eyes the way that you hear about brienne even from you know like cat who just basically right. is like dismissing her because she's ugly yeah that's true nobody says and uh, you don't hear about that could be from that is a good point. Yeah. It could be from her Targaryen side that she gets the pretty eyes from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and it doesn't mention he have uh, you know that he has big lips or anything. So I wonder where she gets yeah. the lips from. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, does it? Yeah, that's a good point about the freckles I, and a good point about the lips. It seems like their bodies might be fairly similar, but their faces are different. Yeah. Or you know, like some aspects of Brienne's face that are more masculine are, um, you know, considered more conventional, I guess on. Undunk, like if she has a square. I mean, we never That's really true, hear it described yeah. as like having a square face or a, a square jaw or anything like that. Though mm. it's really like just plain old ugly. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> no, that's that's actually what we hear is just yeah. plain old ugly, just ugly yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, it it is hard to to tell exactly what the face shape might have been, but you know, I think Eon, you're right. I think definitely it sounds like Brienne is definitely shorter because it sounds like Dunk is almost seven feet, and we know Brienne's around. Like wow. six and a half. Yeah. Oh, we're just really American actually. Scenes. He's got um, if you like in Swan Sword, um, Se- Septon Sefton. No, it wasn't him. It was the Maester. Um, okay. the Ironborn Maester actually measured him, measured his height, and oh, he actually okay. mentions it in um, in the Mystery Night. And he's just shy of seven foot. He's not seven uh-huh. foot, but he's like just shy of it. Right. Like mm-hmm. a couple of inches. Oh, yeah, so he's not, definitely taller yeah. than Bran. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was Aemon that measured him and said he was just shy of seven feet. Yeah. Or was it maybe wrong. was that other other maester? I just, the maesters I, running around with yeah. their tape measures. <laughs> <laughs> Chasing dunk. Yeah. Yeah, Can you well. imagine? <laughs> you know, they, they never mentioned dunk, this happening for Dunk, but I know I have a friend that is just short, shy of seven feet tall. And he's constantly hitting, like, the ceiling fan blades in houses. <laughs> so I'm sure Dunk had this problem with, like, lanterns and things whenever he'd go to inns. He'd probably oh, well, hit his and imagine, up. like, if, if there really is an analog between, like, medieval Europe and, and Westeros. I mean, you know, if you've ever been in a medieval castle, the doors are always so short. Right. Yeah, I bet he had that problem. Oh, Poor dude. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dunk the Lunk. And Brienne, probably. Sure I know. <laughs> I feel like in, in George's world, though, there's a lot of really tall people, which, again, is not particularly um, true to life. So maybe, like, in Westeros, the ceilings are a little bit higher. Yeah. He, some yeah. Of his, yeah, a lot of his central characters are fairly tall. That is true. But, you Although know, one I- of the... Oh, Sorry. One of the first insults you get from Jamie to Brienne is that, like, he would have noticed her dower head smacking into the wooden right. arches at Winterfell. Right. She'd been there, so he knows she wasn't there at first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like, while he's trying on to the get show, a... right? Yeah. But it, okay. yeah, I mean, on the show, you know, Robert is, you know, short, where is it? Yeah. In canon, Robert's like six and a half feet of, you know, manliness. Well, well, it goes George says Brienne's as tall as Robert. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I wonder, too, if it's like the issue of, I mean, I know some of these are just family, you know, they sort of in- inherited things or became, you know, knights or whatever. But I would think maybe that attracts the taller. Does that make sense? Like kind of like a, a certain sport would attract people that were physically bigger and taller. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I think like nutrition for, you know, Warriors. you would expect the lords to be taller just from like having better yeah. nutrition than the peasants as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, Brienne and Robert yeah, are actually okay. related, so like the the yeah, Tarth family and like the Baratheons, the yeah, Tarths and the Baratheons are actually related because the Baratheons married into the um, the Tarth family. 
bringing them into the fold when they were a little little island with the king. Could be regional too. Like, I mean, are have they ever mentioned how tall like the Greyjoys or something? Maybe they're stunted because they're on an island or something. (laughs) No, (laughs) you're the described as being tall. I think the only person I can think of as being described as like not particularly tall is Rob. Hmm. Well, Ned isn't very tall, and I don't think John's yeah, very Ned's tall either. Not, yeah. I mean, no, John is taller than Rob, but... Yeah. That'd be interesting to see a big, like, massive... Now, I know the main characters have heights, but him to go into details... After all the books like, are written, but... a little chart. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little <laughs> like, chart. Yeah, like the, 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 the chronic men are height. short, too. Yeah, yeah there yeah. are certain... Yeah, and are, yeah, that's true. No, it's like... When you guys say that, it just reminds me of this really silly Game of Thrones impressions video where this guy does impressions of characters if they were played by somebody else. And um, he does this, like, voice. I can't even remember who it, who it was he was supposed to be, but he was a different actor pretending to be Tyrion. And he sits there and goes, how do you know Tyrion's a dwarf? He could be a regular-sized person. Everyone else in Westeros is fucking giants. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, that was a random thought, but <laughs> you guys saying that just made me think about it. That yeah. sounds like a thought while smoking or something right there. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on from the physical, um, another one of the ways that I feel like you, you kind of see a, a similarity between Duncan Brienne's stories is that they're both kind of knights, but not really. That's true. Um, Neither of them have ever been knighted that we know of. Brienne definitely hasn't been knighted. Yeah, and I think that was I actually Google that because I know we were there were several episodes where that was discussed, and it was confirmed. I think it was supposed to be at like a Boston, a a Northeast Con or something, where in 2004, where he confirmed that that Dunk wasn't knighted. So that's what I found, but I don't know if that's legit or not. Oh, awesome! What? I never even checked to see if there was a germ speaking about that. Yeah, it was. It was on the so spake Martin on westeros.org. So yeah, yeah awesome. so I guess that is a parallel then. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's heavily, he- yeah. heavily implied that he is not really knighted. He's he's. It's a lie. It's a total lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like so it's one of those things. It's like. Yeah, he. That's exactly it, I, and just like Brienne, like, and yet right. they're so dedicated to the knightly ideals. Yeah, right. and they both got into Kingsguard without actually being knighted. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, Sandor was never yeah. knighted. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Sand, yeah well. no, he wasn't either. He refused to take the right. knight vows, and they just basically Joffrey just used his bratty influence and just said, "I'm the king, so he's the king's guard." <laughs> that's it. I wonder if that's the only case ever besides the. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that is basically the only time it's ever happened. It's like mentioned in the books. Like, oh, yeah. he's the only one that's never been knighted. Well, and like the Kettle Blacks probably aren't actually knights either. Yeah, you know, they're, oh, any they're pretty they sketchy. Maybe I'll pretty sketchy about Cersei. How maybe she promised them. Yeah, Cersei could have promised them anything. <laughs> well, I think like yeah. you know, it's Littlefinger who plants them, and I think it's like their uh, their yeah. knightliness is quite sketchy. Doesn't doesn't Jamie like? Quiz yeah, Jamie tries to quiz it, and the guy yeah. has like some really yeah questionable answers. So well, I don't you know. A knight. Their father's actually a knight, so he might have knighted them because if you're a knight, you can make a knight. Well, then they would have so. just said, "My, you know, our yeah. father." The, the, I think that's in question too. That sounds kind of oh, wrong. Yeah. Like, is that nepotism knighting? Like, so if your father's a knight, he could just—you'd think they'd have require someone else to knight them. <laughs> it's like traditional. I mean, you don't really hear too many in cases of you know someone's father knighting them. 
So I, um, I think probably it, traditionally they weren't knighted by their fathers. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, and there know. seems to be kind of a sort of pride taken in who knights you because yeah. like Jamie's uh, particularly proud of the fact that it was, of course, Arthur Dane who knighted by oh, His man crush. <laughs> oh, poor Jamie. His little man crush. Poor Jamie. He always falls for the wrong people. God. Okay, so another one of the kind of similarities that we see between like their overall stories, Duncan Brienne, is that they both end up with these squires that they never asked for. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's that about? What what is George talking about with this? Like the unasked for squire. Well, Podrick was the one that kind of followed Brienne. She didn't even know he was following her. He followed her all the way from King's Landing to um. Maidenpool after she met Randall Tarly she then found him and said to him go home and he said well I haven't got anywhere else to go and you know I lived in King like basic basic he lived in King's Landing and he was Tyrion squire and then Tyrion left him and she feels really bad because he's sort of all sad because Tyrion left him behind and she feels sorry for him and she thinks you know he's not going to make it on his own so she she kind of takes him under her wing as it were even though she's not a knight, and she says to him, I'm not a knight, and he's like, oh, it doesn't matter, like, you know, you're you're, you're gonna look for Sansa, and if you find Sansa, then I might be able to find Lord Tyrion. And yeah, and Egg kind of, you know, Egg follows that. after Dunk, and yeah, similar. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the reasons that they have the squires, though, are necessarily that related, because I think, you know, the reason Dunk has Egg is, you know, for Dunk's ideals and Dunk's, like, um, economic and social class to kind of make an impact on Egg for when he will be king. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's more about his influence on Egg than anything else, whereas, I mean, I kind of, I mean, it could be, but it'd be really a stretch to try to say that, you know, Pod is the more important character, and it's about Brienne's influence on Pod because he's going to be you know, the next king. Like, that would be... I mean, you hear a lot about who's going to end up on the Iron Throne, but you don't hear Pod on the Iron Throne too often. Not a lot. No. But I just think that the same... It's a similar sort of thing between where you have Dunk and Egg sort of decided to pick him. Yeah, Um, they followed each other. The same is true of Pod. He picked Brienne. They just picked them and followed them until they... Basically, they stalked them until they they got their way. Basically, so maybe it's something around like the you know the very innocent or the very pure characters are choosing them, and like it's their choice that is in part making them worthy. You know, like it shows Dunk's worth and his worthiness that this young princeling, who you know is by all accounts a pretty good kid, sees his worth where no one else does, and in a way, Pod can be see, you know sees Brienne's worth, although you don't really. See, I don't feel it in the books that much, but, um, you know, I think sees her worth, whereas other people might not. Um, eh, I, do I don't, think- I'm not super comfortable with that parallel just because I feel like, you know, other, certainly other people see both of their worths, especially mm-hmm. as fighters. Yeah. It could just be, be a I basic think- story mechanics thing, like the yeah. way they meet kind of thing. Yeah. I personally think that D and D must have read the, um, the night of the seven kingdoms before they they did season five and had had pod going along with Brienne just to sort of add some stuff in there I just think so because some of the lines that you see egg come out with are like lines that pod has come out with in the show hmm. I mean like I'm your like squire the uh, I'm your squire thing like 
she she like she tells him to go away and he's like but i'm your squire and it's like and it's sort of the same with duncan egg except like eggs just sort of saying i'm not i'm your squire not anybody else's squire yeah, about that, yeah. i just think they must have read it and added chopped and added some things <laughs> i think if we show. hear pod say he's right there <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> get him <laughs> sir i mean yeah right that would be awesome pod and egg are you know you know, obviously there's parallels even with their names, Pod and Egg, but they're such different characters. I mean, Pod is this timid little boy, and I mean, Egg is kind of full of life and mischief. Like he's, you know, and obviously yeah. from completely different backgrounds, but they're just, they're such different people. Well, it's kind of a flip, like you talked about, Guy. If you look at the relationship, like uh, basically their nobility levels. With Duncan Egg, obviously it's Egg who has the position of prominence, and with Brienne and Pod, it's clearly Brienne who has the position yeah. of prominence. But I, I do, I do kind of see the parallel in that they, you know, both the squires see the worthiness in the mentor. And one of the cool things about Book Pod too is that he he never says anything about Brienne being a woman, and never considers for a minute oh, that she yeah. wouldn't be worth following for that reason. That's a good, yeah, yeah, that's a really and good one. And it's kind of the same with Egg because even though Duncan Dunk sort of turns around and says to him, "Well, you might be squiring for a bastard," and it's never sort of occurred to him that you know, even though he doesn't think well of bastards, probably because of the way he's been told things after Aegon legitimized all his bastards, but it doesn't sort of occur to him to think of Dunk as a bastard, and therefore he doesn't seem to think of him as in that in that sort of bad way, like he's sort of been taught taught that bastards are bad and he doesn't sort of seem to think for a second that Dunk might be a bastard yeah yeah it never occurred to him really <laughs> I'm trying to think about other characters in the books do we get I mean I guess there's Tyrion and Pa but do we get quite close relationships with squires you know illustrated for us as as um, vividly as well, we do with t- those two because it's pretty strong you know, connection in a very broad really. sense they they kind of act like Joffrey is Sanders squire Huh. Oh. So that might be like the closest we get. Yeah. And you know, we have Other Oliver and Yeah, Jamie Squires, there's definitely yeah. I mean, he's pretty tight with them and then, you know, yeah. Oliver, Frey and Rob. And there's which just is a little bit different because Oliver's older than Rob, which is odd, but and maybe uh, yeah. I'm projecting, but I sort of get a more feeling um, of like a protection from both Dunk and Bran further, more so than the other ones. And maybe it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe there's more sensitivity you towards know, a squire. I guess you could probably say Masunday is kind of like a squire to Danny. Oh, yeah. And true. I think to even Barristan. And Barristan yeah. definitely has a, I mean, Barristan has more of a peer mentor relationship with the squires that he has in Marine than yeah. I think, um, you know, Brienne or Dunk have. Yeah. I said it almost feels like a paternal and a maternal. Like some of the things that they yeah. think feel very family. What yeah. about when Barristan himself is a squire? Hmm. That's fun. <laughs> Who was Barristan um, a squire for? Ah, uh, oh, shit. I can't remember. Before oh. he reveals himself, he's playing. Oh, for Strong Dollars? To, yeah, Strong Dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? That's a totally different Wait, relationship. What? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing, too, about the Squires is they both had terrible mentors in the past. I mean, like, I think uh, Tyrion yeah. c- kind of did his best by Pod, but clearly, I mean, like, he he, he just never thought about it. Well, he finally did think about Pod again in dance, but it, he was just like, I hope he's found a better man than me to be <laughs> a Squire, too. 
Well, to be fair to Tyrion, I mean, the iPod was kind of given to him as a joke anyway. Yeah. The only reason that Pod was even alive was because he, like, the. I think the story that they actually tell you on the show is the same story in the book. It's just not sort of been told as with as much detail as in the book. Like, he's he's sort of been passed from person to person to person. Like, his father died, his mother ran off with another knight, he got abandoned, he got sent with his cousin, another another pain, because he's kind of on the lower branch, and uh, and that cousin got, like, killed for stealing, mm-hmm. and they spared him because he was a little kid, and uh, well, then, then he got... Wasn't it because Tyrion. Tywin heard his family name? Isn't that why Tywin... Yeah, well, yeah. it's not so much that, because it was his cousin that he was actually squiring for. It's because he was a child, and his cousin didn't sort of grasp him up. Like, his cousin didn't say, oh, you know, he, he helped eat it. So it was the only thing his cousin did for him, because the rest of the time, his cousin didn't really sort of pay much attention to him at all. And, like, he stole he stole food... And he didn't actually share it with Pod. The really. ham, right? The but ham, the ham yeah. they stole, and and okay. basically he got strung up for it. And the only reason that Pod didn't get strung up was because he didn't actually help at all. <laughs> and they sort of thought, you know, he's a child. And Tywin just gave him to Pod, gave Pod to Tyrion as as a sort of joke because obviously Tyrion will never be a knight. He was supposed to go into the vanguard to die, and that's why they sort of decided, <laughs> oh, you know, this is a good joke. This one's an idiot who's never going to be a proper squire and and Tyrion's never going to be a proper lord or a knight so it was kind of like a big joke and well obviously Tyrion and Pod both ended up surviving and like Pod even saved Tyrion's life on the Blackwater. He sure did. And it's kind of interesting because both Tyrion well you think about Tyrion and Brienne are they're outsiders because of their looks and physical appearance so Pod's probably got an interesting perspective on that from you know having squired for Tyrion. Yeah, He's been on both ends of the spectrum you could say. (laughs) There's a little bit of tinfoil that you know tries to claim that Pod might be more than um, more than he appears. Oh, so kind of like egg that you know he's a Lannister bastard or you know something or another. Ah, oh. mm. no, yeah. his hair's dark. If he was a Lannister bastard, he'd have gold hair. <laughs> well, I mean, be hidden. I guess I don't. <laughs> no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not know. buying into the hair color as the you know entire arbiter of genetics. So, well, that's what? how the book that's, works. <laughs> 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 Like Ned. <laughs> it's Ned's sign. Okay, so moving on from the squires, we also have this this kind of thing where both Brienne and Dunk's stories pick up as they're losing mentors, kind of. I mean, like, I think you could kind of say Renly was a mentor to Brienne. He certainly, like, gave her a shot that no one else would have. Like Catelyn um, definitely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of mentors lost thing, too. It's this weird thing about mentors. Like, they lose mentors, and then they're forced to be mentors. Mm-hmm. I don't really see Brienne as having Renly as a mentor. I kind of see Renly as Brienne's Tanzel, to be honest. Like the one where like clear feelings were on her on Brienne's side, like clear feelings were on Dunk's side, but you're like well, to be fair with Tanzel, you don't really know what her feelings actually were for Dunk. She wasn't even in his life long enough to mm-hmm get that answer whereas with Renly it's fairly obvious that he 
you know, he was gay anyway. But if well, he weren't, he wouldn't be interested in yeah, Brienne. So maybe it was sort of the sense of just being attached to someone and being set adrift. Like, well, I mean, kind of idea. Sir Goodwin is, you know, Sir Goodwin, when Brienne kind of thinks back on her training, you know, she's thinking of him. Yeah. Much the same way that I feel like Donk is thinking of um, yeah, Arslan, you know, like they're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be good. But then I do think as far as like, you know, I mean, Donk, we don't see like, we kind of see like he lost, you know, obviously had no parents, lost his parents. But then, you know, going forward, we don't really, you know, we see him kind of gaining things to a certain extent. Where with Brienne, we see her, you know, losing her brother, losing her mother, losing, you know, losing kind of her her attachment to Tarth and losing Renly and losing Kat. And, you know, she's like losing everything. Yeah. So I she think, doesn't even you know, they're know about the attacks yet. From and they're like, kind of on these different trajectories, but I, oh, you know, yeah. I think they both have, you know, they both have these mentors in their lives that kind of, and I, you know, we don't know Salon, so I don't know how much of a part he played, but you know, they definitely have this foundation laid that kind of um, is the reason that you know the reason for their values or where they learn their values from, and they pretty mm-hmm. both of them stick pretty close to those. To those like foundational values through everything mm-hmm. yeah well and values are such a big thing with both of them like they have such strong moral codes the both of them they um, also seem to have a bit of um i'd say not so much well yeah an identity crisis they both seem to have an identity crisis just in different ways like dunk is sort of he doesn't know anything about where he came from for sir arlen like, he was just told, you know, oh, you know, your father might have been a, a thief. He was probably a thief because, obviously, there was no father around. Yeah, he thinks about that His quite died, often. Yeah. You know? So, like, he, he has this sort of identity crisis where he's not exactly sure where he came from. And, obviously, he wanted to be a knight, so that's what he decided to be. And, kind of, Brienne is sort of the same, whereas... She knows where she comes from. Her identity crisis is the fact that she does not feel like a woman at all or what Westeros sees her her job to be. She doesn't sort of feel like she lives up to the standards that are set for her anyway. So she kind of decides to be a knight because she sees that's where her strength is. So she just sort of decides to go for that, even though she is a woman. But it's still kind of a crisis because she's been taught women are supposed to sit and embroider cushions and like. yeah yeah no I, you're yeah you're totally right there is kind of an, an identity thing going on with both of them and i think Speaking, you know there's oh, oh go, go ahead, ahead no go I was ahead gonna say, i think that there's you know there's some contrasts and comparisons in that and i i think in terms of you know the ways that they fit or don't fit in society you know and that it the opposite from each other, whereas Brienne kind of fits into society because of her status as, you know, the heir to Tarth. And Donk, no, you know, is no one. Whereas, you know, no, Donk, from a physical perspective, he's always going to fit in to a certain extent because he is the seven-foot-tall, like, big brawny knight. Like, there's always going to be a place for someone like that in a castle in, like, a very conventional, well-established way. Whereas for yeah. Brienne, there's, you know, a six and a half foot tall woman warrior. There's not really a place for her in this world. Well, yeah, right. to be fair, they both have the sort of issue where they don't feel that they fit in. Like, like Dunk's always sort of like the first 
one of the when he first gets to the Ashford tourney, that's like the first thing you sort of get from him is that he doesn't feel like he belongs with those knights and their pretty pavilions that are all fancy and set up for them. He he's he feels more comfortable not being around all of these lords and he's happier to just mm. go and sleep under a tree. Like Brienne is much happier with her sword than she is in society and they don't really accept her. Like people don't really like you haven't really seen that many people say take Dunk at face value, yes you're a knight. It's it's more you get like as the stories have gone along, it's like, oh you're a hedge knight, which is like saying he's not as good as any other knight. He's he's a hedge knight, and with Brienne, she's not as good as any other knight because she's woman. Yeah, it's kind of internalized things. Can you imagine like the places Dunk could go if he had a lot more self confidence a lot earlier on? You know, kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and the same with Brienne. Yeah. So Fun speaking be- of identity, we should talk a little bit about the fact that Brienne is um, a descendant of Dunk. Hmm. And right. descendant of um, apparently a Targaryen too. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it's Targaryen. <laughs> to what degree she's a Targaryen, we don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I'm um, a little bit troubled after having read the stories about Dunk, like, you know, Dunk's apparently littered bastards all over Westeros, which, uh-huh. like, seeing Dunk and getting to know the character of Dunk, I really have a hard time believing that he's doing that. Like, he just does not seem like. Dunk seems to me like he would fall in love with. 100% with the first person he had sex with, and he would have a really hard time, like, sleeping with other people. Yeah, I know, he's, like, again. this huge, like, absentee father, which is really disappointing, given what we see of him in, in right. this story. <laughs> right. Well, like, I could fair. see if he was married, and, you know, I could see him being married and having a child and his wife dying, and this is all happening before he gets into the Kingsguard. Like, I could kind of envision that scenario, but I, I have a hard time envisioning him having, you know, a whole slew of bastards. Yeah. I don't. I don't because every single story seems to have him with a love interest. And Just he, because, like, he doesn't respond to, to Damon Blackfire doesn't mean that that was not a potential love interest. He he wanted Dunk. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> he wanted I to break him, some lances and cross some I can swords. see him having romances. It's abandoning all the kids that I can't seem to see. <laughs> so, and I mean, Dunk is abandoning himself. You know, Dunk well, is low-born, like, there's, but there's nothing to stop Dunk. Like, if Dunk sees a, you know, if there's a maid that catches his fancy, like, it's not like anyone's going to tell him he's too low, you know, he's too high-born to marry her. Like, I feel like he would, like, he would marry the first girl he had sex with, like, 100%. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not. honor. <laughs> Look, right. He was all in love with Tanzel in the first book, and then the second book he had all this sexual tension with Rohan. Yeah, and he would have married so, either know. one of them, and I mean, I don't think he would have yeah. strayed. Like, yeah, I, I just, think I, once he would have married in his character. Yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. think he would have. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not yeah. the sex, Hansel. it's the deadbeat dad part yeah. that, that kind of doesn't <laughs> jive with what we know. Well, of and it. I think it's the attachment. Well, maybe he like, I think he's. Yeah, maybe he didn't know. I mean, maybe they just didn't send, you know, the. You know, the. You know the crow really messages out to, to him, and he oh, never yeah, got those you know. messages. The Ravens well, maybe didn't they just didn't bother telling him. <laughs> Think about it: if he goes to Winterfell and has it away with old Nan, then you know, and then he leaves Winterfell. How is she going to know how to get? She may not even know how to write. She knows how to tell no address. Story, that I don't know. think he leaves Winterfell without whoever he's sleeping with. Like he just would not do it. 
Well, if, let, let's put it this way. It's like he really liked Ryan Webber, but she's married to Sir Eustace. There's nothing he could do about that. And the same could be sort of true if he goes to Winterfell, meets Nan, she could turn around and go, he may say to it, her, <laughs> when we read the book, he may go to her, oh, why don't you come with us? And she might say, well, no, this is my place. This is where I want or to be. Or maybe it's like a soap so opera where he's always, her. like a soap opera where he's always thwarted, like something happens, right. dramatic oh, happens. Yeah, exactly. right. you know, we, we don't know. There are all sorts of things like, you know, I mean, we know he has sort of like been a bit generous with his DNA because we've been told this. <laughs> He may not actually know this himself. He may have died not actually knowing. So wait, how many more has George really con- old? Has George confirmed See, more, okay. or was this something read between the George, lines? Okay, well, it, at some point George said, "Okay, I don't know. I feel like it." George George said at one point there might be three or four. Is the term okay? Four. So we're not talking and like fandom, dozens. Fandom ran with the number four. Four doesn't seem that. Four doesn't seem that bad, does it? I mean. <laughs> For, for that time period. Well, these are no, no. I well, I mean, for that time period, for people just randomly having sex. Four are in yeah. the main series. I yeah. think is what okay. the story was. Okay. Yeah. So they, some so of them may could be, be brothers or came sisters. From one or... person. I mean, his his oh. arms might be in tough. He may have got married, and then his wife may have died, and you know, Gio Mormont, Jorah's dad, went to the Night's Watch to join up so that Jorah had a chance to rule as a lord. So he's still alive, and he went to celebrate order, but he had children. Well, yeah, that, son, that you could write some. You could write some fanfics, man. You gotta. It's <laughs> been written. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, Dunk would have been probably in his forties by the time that Egg was king. So certainly, oh, yeah. you know, more than plausible that he. Yeah, he would have been around forty. What uh, yeah. Dunk was, or sorry, Egg Egg became king at like thirty, young thirties, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so Dunk, Dunk would have been, been around forty. Yeah. Okay. Oh my that God. Is older, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. just had this weird thought, right? If if a- Aegon was like in his nineties when he died, how the hell old was Dunk? He was like the Lord Commander of the King's Guard. He yeah, must he have was been old. Like ninety. Was very old. How the oh, hell was wow. he going to be Lord Commander? Old enough for the ravens to arrive that tell him that he had fifty kids. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's move on to kind of the the, the more um, I don't know these are these are uh, in some ways more obvious but also kind of oblique comparisons or whatever between the Dunk and Brienne stories, and this is where we get into the Brienne and Jamie shit mm-hmm. because there seem to be a lot of parallels between Brienne's story and Dunk's story with with romance. It's just that Brienne's are mostly all with Jamie and and uh, Dunk's are all over the place. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> the first and most obvious of these things is obviously going to be "I dreamed of you," which is oh, yeah. such a such a distinctive phrase that there's no question that it's deliberately popped into both um, Brienne and Dunk's stories. But the, oh, the totally... places are interesting. What do you What do you guys think? I mean, it, does this does does "I dreamed of you" confirm that yes, Jamie's dream is definitely prophecy? I think it might be, but not like people say, oh, it's because he's a secret hog. I don't think that's the reason. I think that the Blood Raven was just being all like, because he, he fell asleep with his head against a weirwood stump. Mm-hmm. And he used that as kind of a pillow. And that's when he had the dream. So it could really be like we've, we've already been shown via the TV series. I'm not saying that the TV series is the books, but, you know, they're set 
George George sort of kind of said that you know he wanted to write it himself and let people read the books, but it's kind of true that Bran could affect things that happens when he goes into the visions. Like he can affect things. So Bloodraven could have been affecting things too. It's not like he's incapable of doing it. He probably knew this the whole time. So you know he he may have decided that you know Brienne was of use. He may have had some sort of future vision and just sort of like managed to sort of get some way of contacting Jamie because the stump's still there. So, you know, it's not like it's been ripped out of the ground or anything. It like trees can still grow even when they're stumps. So it may be that, you know, that that sort of vision was given to Jamie to make him go back. Anybody else? Do you guys do you guys think it, it gives more gravitas to to prophecy about Brienne the the repetition of the I Dream of You line? I, I would think so. I mean, and whether that's like you know Blood Raven sending a message via or also a message and a prophecy at the same time, I, I would lean towards that way. I mean, you know, obviously not hundred yeah. percent. Well, didn't we get a a comment on Tumblr about the Blood Raven connection with Jamie by chance? Yeah, we did. We had a question about that. I think like the part of it was, um, you know, does Bloodraven know that Brienne is a descendant of Dunk, and could that be a factor into why potentially it was important for him, for her to survive? Yeah, I can't imagine that he doesn't know if he's that all connected to everything. You know, I don't I think know. he knows everything. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. thousand and one. But eyes. I don't know that her relationship to Dunk is necessarily that special. It's mm-hmm. more. I mean, I feel like it's more her relationship to the situation like the sword hmm. well yeah mm-hmm. maybe like there are like in fan fiction you get quite i say in fan fiction like it will ever happen but you never know it but you know a lot of people seem to sort of have this idea that jamie and brienne will kind of be light bringer with the two swords a lot of people sort of seem to think that so it may be that that's kind of the reason if he's seen the future he might have you know thought, well you know if they're both going to be a part of that they both need to be a part of that she can't go and die yet so and maybe it's not so much the relation as like the idea that they're true knights i don't know you know mm. or he ships it and he just wants to make sure he can watch yes. the bang <laughs> yeah. that's always a good answer hey, look, if they do bang after sort of rescuing each other from the brotherhood without banners it's very likely to be in a forest so he'll get a full view you know <laughs> they'll be touching up trees okay. <laughs> okay so speaking of potentially banging we have, of course, the Jamie and Rohan connection, which oh, yeah. is that Rohan is Jamie's grandmother, great yeah. grandmother, great grandmother, yeah, right, and and obviously Brienne is some sort of granddaughter of Dunks. So, what's George doing? <laughs> I think, well, I think in some ways, like Dunk and Rohan are this what might have been or a what if type of thing, and I would certainly hope that. You know, now he's kind of like letting the ch- you know letting the children do what the you know what the ancestors couldn't do. I mean, it's sort of like um, you, know, you could go all the way to like well, not all the way, but like Robert and Liana kind of being redone with Gendry and Arya, for example. Like hmm. he does it a few yeah. times where there's hmm. the parents or the yeah. grandparents and their descendants are you know kind of in that similar relationship with each other. The stars yeah, but align. The, relation- mm-hmm. 
the relationship seemed to be a lot better though the second time round. If you get my meaning, like with Gendry and Arya, George has actually said he's going to go back to that. He's actually said he's going to go back to Gendry and Arya, and it's like, um, like, but with um, to be fair with with Jamie, it's like everybody's everybody sort of sits saying goes, oh, how could Titus be? Rohan Weber's grandson but actually he was never meant to rule was he? Like he was never actually meant to be a well, ruler. Well his father wasn't meant to, no. Titus yeah, wasn't meant to. Yeah, Titus wasn't actually Titus wasn't actually meant to Well, you're right, and the, um, Gerald wasn't the heir, you know, Gerald wasn't the heir, but eventually yeah. enough people died that, which I think is pretty common, I mean, yeah, you know, it happens, happens all the time. Yeah, look at Egg. <laughs> well, yeah. or Ned, oh, or oh, Egg, yeah. 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 Okay, so one of the other big Jamie, Brienne, Duncan, Rohan things is this fucking horse business. Like, what is the deal with the Jamie? Oh, I Rohan. think it is. Yeah, the blood bay mare. <laughs> yep. I think it's a parallel to trying to replicate that. <laughs> Seems to be. I mean, it's a weird coincidence. It's too much to be a coincidence. <laughs> as soon as I read it, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brienne certainly wasn't kind of cut off Jamie's braid, so she had to take the horse. <laughs> well, I, I hope think, Kyle's right. You know, I hope he's just fixing things the second time around. <laughs> and I think with you know Jamie and Brienne, especially, like there's a certain you know obviously there's all the symbolism with Oathkeeper, but you know he also gives her a shield. You know, like you know the symbolism there doesn't take a genius to figure out. It's all, it's, you know, all these, like, very traditional gifts to help her on her, you know, to help her on her quest. A shield, a horse, a sword, you know, a bag of gold. Like, he's doing everything but walking out the door with her, essentially. Yeah, because yeah, he feels he can't, which is quite sad, really. Like, he feels yeah. like he has to be there. And it's like, I, I don't know, I kind of feel sorry for Jamie in a way, because, like, he... It just seems like he sent her off and he spends the rest of the time thinking about her. It's like, you should have just gone with her. She'd well, probably be better get there eventually. And I think, too, you know, there's obviously sexual symbolism with horses as well, which, you know, there we go, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, and on that note, <laughs> we did have some questions come in um, from general readers. Uh, uh, Gail, do you want to read? Yeah, but the here? first one we have is from the Helium Taxi, and she says... A parallel I noticed during the hedge night when Duncan Baylor discussed the punishment for hitting a prince. Baylor mentions a trial of seven, and Dunk thinks he has to fight seven guys on his own, which is crazy, right? Luckily, Baylor corrects him. It reminded me of Brienne's big damn hero, no chance, no choice moment against the seven guys, except no one stopped that from happening and her face got eaten. So I guess that's where the parallel ends. (laughs) I mean, like, I think the, you know, the no chance, no choice you know, Dunk kind of, to me, it's that moment of courage, like that hopeless, that hopeless courage and the, this kind of overwhelming need to do the right thing, no matter how fucked she's going to be by doing the right thing. Mm. And Dunk, you know, Dunk has that over and over again, you know, from the, right from the hedge night to, you know, in the mystery night, when he goes up and, and confronts Damon about Sir Glennon Ball. Like, there's no reason for Dunk to do that other than it was the right thing. And he, physically cannot not do that and i feel like brienne's the same way totally uh, I, that is interesting though i never thought about the fact that she came up against seven for her yeah life. but she had yeah. help as i guess as she i guess did. you know dunk did too yeah mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if um you know Ivan Ball did become a member of the king's god actually in the end 
I don't think, I think we know that. Was. I think he actually was um, Gle- like he, but he wasn't called Glendon Ball. I think he was actually called Glendon Flowers. I was gonna say there's there's some connection that's not a hundred percent confirmed that it's him, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that it's hint- a, that it's hinted. Yeah. It's not. kind yeah. of hinted because there is a Glendon Flowers <laughs> who's quite famous and like part of the King's Guard, so it it could yeah. be the same person. I could see it based on the character's personality. He seems like he's pretty, you know, wants to, you know, move up. Has anyone done a comparison of, you know, who fought with Brienne against um, the Brave Companions versus who fought with Dunk? Oh, yeah, that's oh, true, actually. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, obviously, there are going to be a few Targaryens, but I'm wondering if there's any other parallels, like, just between Well, there's who... a Baratheon, Baratheon with Brienne. Okay, yeah, yeah that's Gendry. true. So we got Gendry. Are there any hunks? Lionel <laughs> we knew where Lem Lemon Cloak came from. Oh God, don't. <laughs> and is are there any hunts with uh yeah any Kyle like characters? There you go. <laughs> Kyle the cat. Oh, that's right. It is Kyle. Kyle the cat. <laughs> that's all I can oh, think of. I kept thinking of funny. Kyle when he, when I thought of him, which is quite weird. That is funny. Oh, we're Kyle. getting we're getting way into way out territory, but there actually are some parallels there. I mean, he didn't have a surname. He, they just called him Kyle the cat. So yeah. he could be Kyle Hunt for all we know, because the Hunts are oh, kind know. of a landed landed knights, aren't oh, they? Oh, helium taxi, you're into something here. <laughs> <laughs> Should we want, do you want another one? Yeah, let's okay. do another one. A short one. Who do you think is smarter, Brienne or Dunk? <laughs> oh, God, that's a are, hard question. Are you talking about book smarts or street smarts? I think because both. <laughs> both? Okay. Oh, well, I mean... Well, you have to consider. I mean, Brienne is a highborn lady. I mean, she's got, you know, she had a septa and everything, and Dunk didn't really have that. So, I mean, but then I again, that kind of made her naive, didn't it? Like, yeah. she doesn't really know how to hide herself. She's been going right. everywhere, going, "Where is? I've, have you seen a maid of three and ten with auburn hair?" Like, and she's very obvious about it. Whereas Dunk isn't sort of like he's always sort of considering like when Egg's sitting there going oh we could use my boot and he's like no because mm-hmm. you know it's supposed to be an emergency sort of thing I suppose and you know he's sort of he's more streetwise about it than Brienne probably would have been like Brienne would have been like the, the eight dudes yeah let's go use this boot because we don't want these eight guys to die mm. yeah. whereas Dunk is obviously you know he's been he's been out in the in the world and well, I say out in the world, but, you know, he's been ev- pretty much everywhere with Sir Arlen and, you know, he got taught that way. He got taught from experience, whereas Brienne is sort of literally never left ever for Hawk before she went off to join Renly's host. And even then, she was in a camp with lords and ladies. So even though she probably did see a few things she shouldn't have seen, that it wasn't nearly the same sort of experience as actually being a hedge knight and actually having to sleep under a hedge or anything. She didn't have to do any of that until she actually mm-hmm. moved, until she was actually going to King's Landing with Jamie. Yeah. She, she yeah. never really experienced anything until then, so... Yeah, no, she's definitely lacking in some of the street smarts that Dunk has, I would say. Yeah. But she is more educated than Dunk is, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's educated to the extent that they would educate a woman and probably a bit more because her father kind of allowed it but well, and she's the heir so i would imagine that she yeah. had a more mm-hmm. a more substantial education because of that hmm. oh yeah yeah 
Okay, do you want to do one more, Guile? I do. Um, this is a good one, <laughs> I think. <laughs> if Dunk was gay, do you think he'd be attracted to Jamie? Likewise, do you think a lesbian Brienne would find Lady <laughs> Rohan attractive? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, yes. why, also, yeah, why not? For sure. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yes and yes. Ro- Rohan is just, like, spicy enough for Brienne to be attracted to, and right? I think Dunk is honorable enough for Jamie to be attracted to. And I think anybody would be attracted to Jamie, no matter... Right, I know. think Jamie is, like, tran- transcends <laughs> it, and I think... Yeah, I mean, and I mean, even more disturbingly, Jamie would be attracted to Lady Rowan. <laughs> I find it quite funny because Jamie and Rohan are very similar in mm-hmm. their sort of romantic personalities. Like, Rohan actually sort of admits to Dunk, you know, if you were better born, I'd totally marry you, you know. If you were a highborn, I'd marry you straight away because, like, she's got that interest in him, even though he doesn't sort of think the way she's expecting him to. And I think it's the same with Jamie, where you where you sort of see his sort of interest in Brienne is because she's completely different to everything that he's used to seeing. And he's sort of really interested in that, even though he may not admit it, whereas Rohan would, would admit it. So, you know, but... <laughs> Then again, Rohan didn't mess around with her brothers because they all died. Oh, he's just keeping the Rohan just wanted the big D. (laughs) Sure did. (laughs) Okay, Kyle, one more? Sure, we've got a a short one from Watkins who asks, have any of you read good fan fiction featuring Dunk, smut or otherwise? I haven't. I honestly haven't. No. no. Maybe yeah, I the should. only the only one I can think of it, it's not Dunk, but there's a there's a in process fanfic called Storm Lion now. And the concept it's it's original you know, it's mostly original characters, but one of the original characters is Jamie and Brienne's son. And the character his characterization <laughs> and like the physical description of him. He's so dunk. Like no. it's he. He's the dunkest dunk that ever dunked. Oh, um, so it's kind of no, it's I kind of fun. It's a. I, I would recommend the story just in general, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's very much dunk. So is that? Did anybody do? Did you also do a search? Like, because I was meant to do that, but I didn't do like an Ao3 search to see. It's just I... like honestly, I just don't see like dunk getting smutty. I don't think I can read that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious how many there are out there. There's gotta be some. I totally have him on a pedestal, and like egg fanfic, like like adult egg. I could never oh, read. Like, yeah, we don't even need to go there right now. Like egg betha fanfic? No. no. <laughs> oh god. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, oh. We have one more. We have a couple more. If you don't, if a couple short ones. Um, yeah, I'd love to get to the Blood Raven one. Actually, those were. Oh yeah, great. yeah. So bunch of so together. I think I, yeah, we kind of talked about um, the first parts of it about whether or not Blood Raven would in would um, did he know and was he doing this because he was he knows Brienne is related to Dunk, but um, I can't. It's Kalma FTW writes. Considering Blood Raven has likely already intervened once to help save Brienne, do you think it's a possibility that Blood Raven could intervene yet again to save Brienne and or Jamie from the Lady Stoneheart situation? 
especially considering the strange appearance of ravens as Brienne is being hung in the Russian edition of A Feast for Crows. I totally hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say highly likely. Yeah, Yeah. we've touched on this in other episodes, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely think there's a high possibility of that. And, you know, just with Jamie being at, you know, House Blackwood and all the ravens gathering there, like, they're both in these, like, very, or, you know, they're in this very raven-heavy territory. Mm -hmm. They kind of get the feeling of these old spirits just, you know, waiting around almost. And if he saved her once, why wouldn't he want to save her again? If he does think that they're important, then, you know, Mm -hmm. he'll go to the trouble to save them. We can only hope. (laughs) We hope. We hope. Please don't let Brienne's be the the first point of view in Winds of Winter. Oh, Oh, God. No, No, that's for Selwyn of Tarth. Um, no. <laughs> actually, you know, I would actually read that. I would read that. Even though I would read that. Are there any of us who are like, yeah, I'm not reading the prologue of Wins. <laughs> <laughs> not interested. Uh, I have to just to know who it is. I, I can't. I have to. I'm that, I'm that person where even though it will hurt me, I will read it. <laughs> um, we have another one about what are the differences we see between Dunk and Brienne? The differences? Yeah, I think Dunk's a little bolder than Brienne. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really they both think blush, though. I think he is a lot bolder than Brienne, especially when it comes to actually speaking. He actually, and whenever the going gets tough and everything, and he has to actually stand up and have these big conversations to these groups of these highborns. I mean, he finds his voice, and there's times with Brienne when she's placed in front of. Um, What's that dude's name? Oh, Randall, Randall Tarley. Tarley. Randall Tarley, where yeah. she totally loses her voice. She goes into a stutter and everything. Oh. But with with Dunk, he finds this inner strength and he's able to just, yeah. you know, go in. Say what he has to. Yeah. Say yeah, what he I mean, has I, to. I think it goes to, like, the trajectories of their characters to a certain extent, at least, you know, from what we've seen of Brienne so far, whereas Dunk's kind of on the upswing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's moving yeah. on up and Brienne is kind of moving on down. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's sad to say, but I mean, even though he's lowborn, he's still a man in Westeros. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brienne mm-hmm. is, a, is a woman. And just yeah. with the social constructs of Westeros, I mean, she, she's trying to be this knight. But I mean, with Westeros, that's never going to happen unless you get this leader like, say, Danny, that's able to knight her. So. And mm-hmm. I think Brienne is more sensitive than Dunk. And she, you know, for all of her, you know, looks and all of her physical abilities, like she kind of has like the soul of a of a girl, mm-hmm. you know, of mm-hmm. of a yeah. stereotypical oh, girl yeah. almost. Like she's very sensitive. She's very, you know, she's, she's sweet. She's still in naive, a way. isn't she? She's still very naive. She's still very innocent of the world, really. And you know, she's she's always sort of been. If you like, if you read like things that she said, like her scepters sort of said to her, she thinks about these things that's been said to her in the past. Not just like you know by her scepter, but by like pretty much everyone she meets, she gets put down. So imagine that from like twelve years old, she met her her second betrothal when she was twelve years old. The first one died, so you know if she was better looking, she'd be the new Red Widow. <laughs> like you know, the first one died, and now That's then the point. second one was like really rude to her. It was just like like put her down just throw a rose at her and said you know that's all you'll ever have of me and walks off like if you're a 12 year old and someone basically says you're so ugly that they don't want to be around you a 12 year old is immediately going to get completely 
oversensitive about that. They're going to think, wow, there really must be something wrong with me. That's an awkward age for, for like, kids. That's, like, just before teenagerhood. Oh, you know, baby Brienne. Oh, yeah. God. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is heartbreaking, but, you know, you can see why she's sort of the way she is. She's been put down, whereas Dunk had Arlen, and even though Arlen wasn't, you know, always the best, you know, he, but, you know, Dunk has all these fond memories and Arlen basically raised him, just found him and raised him and looked after him and cared for him and taught him everything. And so he was kind of given the opportunity to to be given like that kind of care. Whereas Brienne sort of got raised by her septo, just basically said she's too ugly and she'll be lucky if she ever makes a match. And her father is just too busy burying himself in other women. Like he he's left her her education to sept to this scepter who's just really mean because if he was paying attention, don't you think he would have got rid of the scepter ages ago and got another scepter? <laughs> you know, this like this poor girl's grown up and she's not even in her twenties. I don't even think she's reached her twenties yet as of the Storm of Swords. I think she's like nineteen. She's still really young. They're so similar ages, probably, right? Then uh, yeah, they're similar about, ages. Yeah. They're very similar ages. And then you look at poor Brienne and you think, you know, she's like, everyone sits there and goes, oh, she's shy. Oh, she's naive. Well, is it any wonder? Of course she's shy. Every time she's ever opened her mouth or every time someone's ever looked at her, they they sort of mock her. And she Mm -hmm. loved Renly because he didn't mock her. But really, he was just mocking her behind her back, which makes it even sadder. Mm -hmm. You know, this is depressing as fuck yeah. <laughs> Brienne has no respect oh, <laughs> oh poor Brienne yeah, oh, yeah. it is no, sad it's understandable yeah but they both blush Dunk and Brienne both have this habit of blushing <laughs> yeah there is that so, they have the freckles yeah. in common but the brushing yeah, yeah. blushing <laughs> but definitely some differences I think do you want to have a final question here that keeps up the depressingness we have an anon that just asked do you think Brienne is destined for the same heroic tragic end as dunk oh no oh gosh no. i hope she We're lives as go. long i hope she lives as long i'll be okay if she's <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if she lives until she's like 80 that'd be great and jamie's there but, so. <laughs> to be fair i already have this image in my head and how the series is going to end Whoever is alive at the end, everybody's going to be all hugging and happy and yay, we beat the White Walkers and everything's going to be sorted. And then that bloody comet that has been flying over the sky for the last <laughs> five months is going to come and destroy everything. But that would be the like ultimate bittersweet. George R. Martin is dick. He would just sit there and go, and everybody died. The end. There was nothing left. Westeros was burned off the map. Like you know, well, I, at least it would I be an ending. But, but I'm hoping that Brienne and Jamie sort of get their 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 sort of happy ending before that happens. Like I'm just sort of hoping that that Jamie and Brienne sort of have their happy, maybe not their happy ending, but you know, they they sort of get together and they have their bit of their their fun times yeah. before the Hobbit destroys everything. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Oh God! Well, <laughs> on that note, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go to mail Eon do you have mail <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I do have mail <laughs> if I can breathe a little <laughs> we got one from Steven that says hi to all of close the door and come here it says thanks for the Dunkin' Egg episodes you continue to combine entertainment with insightfulness 
Further to your discussions on this, might I suggest an actor to play Dunk? In my opinion, it would have to be Tom Harper, Billy Bones in Black Cells. I know he's 31 now, but that just that's just about the age Gwen Christie was when she first played Brienne. If you don't know this actor, check him out on Google Images, and I think you might agree. And I do agree, Stephen, because he's pretty, he's pretty hot. Oh, I yeah. So. Yeah. 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 And for by the British listeners, he was also Sir Percival in BBC Merlin. He's just really fit. Yeah, yeah oh, he's okay. hot. I just Googled him, and yeah, damn, damn. <laughs> well, he would have been kind job. of hot. He, he yeah. has, right, kind of, and the character that he plays on Black Sails would totally fit in a dunk role. Like, it would totally, I, <laughs> I, I think he'd be great, too. Oh, and he says, by the way, did I imagine it, or did you miss a stone versus knife parallel to Brienne at Clack, Crack Claw Point in your last episode? What a nerd I am becoming. Keep up the good work, people. <laughs> You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he's right, which is actually depressing, because normally I'm the one that says all that stuff. So, yay, somebody else said it. <laughs> Did you want to elaborate, Lady Blade? Um, right. When she's, like, obviously, she goes to Crack Claw Point with um, Dick Crab, and they get, they get set up, like, they basically go there hoping to find a fool, they think that she she's hoping is Dantos Solard who's run off with Sansa and it turns out to be Shagwell and Pig and Timian and there's a point where she, I, I can't remember if it was Timian I, I think it was Timian he had the knife and she actually just picks up a rock and bashes him in the head with it and then I think she, she cuts off one of Pig's hands Oh, kind of like an, an homage to Jamie because obviously Zolo's not there for her to cut off one of his hands. I think she cuts off one of Pig's hands, and then um, Shagwell kind of tries to sort of get out of it, and then he tries to attack her. And I think Dick Crab kind of sacrifices himself, or he gets killed in the fighting, and then she sort of buries him. And you get this really bittersweet sort of moment because she turns around and said, "Well, I wish I could have trusted you," like in in sort of her own way. But she's she's kind of learned really not to trust anybody. But in the mm-hmm. end, he kind of proved himself that he wasn't actually a bad person. I think she kind of, you get this mm. whole sad scene where she does bury him. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like a Sir Arlen burial because she's sort of, you know, saying after she's buried him, you know, it's sad, you know, like, I couldn't trust you. And like, he's sitting there going, you know, if I left the sword there or rust, you know, it's, it's kind of comparisons where they're talking to somebody who's dead and they're burying them. And I think it's, it's it is sad, but yes, it's true. There's, there's like Brienne using a rock, like just grabbing some rock and smashing someone over the head. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, good let's point. see. We haven't good, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, we got another one from Jake that says, "Sorry if this isn't a question. It, it's also probably too long to read on the podcast. But since I said and wrote it out, I figured I'd send it anyway in case I love." <laughs> I love the show and wish you ladies all the best. It seems to me the biggest difference between Brienne and Dunk in their is their class background. Dunk was born in perhaps the lowest section of the Westerosi social order. Before Sir Arlen found him, Dunk's early life was half feral, spending his days with other kids in Flea Bottom, living off of what they found or stole. Though he did come to have more contact with higher social orders while squaring for Sir Arlen. The life of a hedge knight could hardly be described as more than that of a social outsider. Brienne, by contrast, is a different sort of outsider. She was born and raised as an aristocrat. Her dislocation in the social order stems from her un- 
suitability for the so for the role destined for her. And physically, she's more suited to the martial role afforded to men. And she looks her looks have given her the difficulty finding suitors, her main social task as a noble lady. Brienne's sympathy for the weak and the small folk is very similar to Tyrion's. Both understand what it is like to be scorned and derided by the powerful, even though they reside in the same social class. Dunk, however, is a complete outsider to the nobility and his sympathy for the small folk stems from the fact that, in spite of his befriending of, D- of Egg and his ownership of the materials he's inher- inherited from Sir Erlen, he is basically one of them. Oh, that was so well put. I know. Yeah, that's it's, a really beautiful email. We read yeah. the whole thing, Jake. Yes. Eon did. I, you I should know better. Read, of course we'll read Jake, the whole thing. I wanted, <laughs> Jake, I wanted to read the whole thing because it was so great. I loved it. Yeah. And let's see, we got another one. This is our last one from Heidi. And let me get an, another sip of beer before I read this. <laughs> you, you take two sips, Eon. Two sips? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Heidi says, hi there, ladies and dudes. No dudes tonight, Heidi. Great job on the podcast like last week, as usual. I have so many feels and observations about our fresh and feisty Brienne and her relation to Dunk, but I'll try to be brief. They are both loyal loyal to their own detriment sometimes, have an astonishing sense of honor, are both described as thick as a castle wall, Brienne's described this way by Jamie nonetheless, and are both kind-hearted. Dunk digging a grave for Sir Arlen, Brienne bearing the tavern girls, yet they are total badass fighters. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but I just want to reiterate that George R. R. Martin loves the character of Brienne and also loves Dunk. The fact that they're related just solidifies the idea that Brienne has an important role to play in the A Song of Ice and Fire books, and I, for one, am holding on to the Oathkeeper equals Lightbringer theory. Jamie's weirwood dream with a flaming sword, everyone. When people try to brush Brienne aside like she's a, a stumbling block in Jamie's sto- storyline, or that adding love to their story infuriates me. Badassery and love are not mutually exclusive. Hmm. We should hmm. needlepoint that on a pillow. <laughs> no, okay, we sorry. seriously should. Why is that not on Etsy? <laughs> right? I want that on Etsy. That yeah. would be great. And um, she says, who knows what the Winds of Winter will bring us, and if it is in the line with what D&D have in store for the last two seasons of Got. I only know that our favorite blonde winch is even more amazing than I thought when I first read the books. Rock on, everyone. Heidi. Hmm. <laughs> okay, Aww. not so brief, but so many feels. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. Oh, no. Thank you. That was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gwendolyn, apparently Gwendolyn Christie said that the fans are going to get everything they've always wanted next season. So, I mean, don't we assume she just meant Danny landing in Westeros? I was thinking well, that too. I was wondering if she's just a big tease like the rest of them. <laughs> like, right, they've got to get their fun somehow. I mean, yeah. everybody harasses them to give them spoilers and they're not allowed to do it, otherwise they'll get fired. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, I have, they she... have to get their kicks somehow. I just thought she meant hot pie. <laughs> That'd be she's not wrong. Hot pie. <laughs> That's all I want. Maybe she's talking about Gendry. I mean, Damn, that might have been Wait, actually what she was talking about. <laughs> Maybe, you never know. Could I be. mean, Gendry's 
Gendry's been gone so or long. I think maybe she was talking about Hyle Hunt. There's a oh, portion of us that would be no. thrilled to get Hyle Hunt. As long as he dies, then it's okay. Otherwise, no. Seriously, the first thing I thought when she said, when I heard she said that was Lady Stoneheart. I was like, yeah. no, well, they're not. Oh wow! I didn't even go there. Don't get me in a hype train again. Stoneheart. Stoneheart or Clee Game Ball would be the two things, right? Clee Game Ball, yes. I, I want Clue Gameball, man. Give me yeah. that. <laughs> no. We had Bastard Bowl last season. We we need Clue Gameball this season. I can just imagine that because it looks like Sander Clue Games all ready to. Do- I don't know if he's going to stay with the Brotherhood in the seat in the show, but you know he might not. He might just be like, "Fuck it, I'm going north," and like he'll he'll end up being Sansa's champion and Gregor will be be Cersei's champion. I think what well, I think we're only going to be lucky crazy. enough to get one get hype moment a season. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Is that all the mail, Eon? That's it. Oh, awesome! Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. All like that was some awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was yeah. a good, good bunch of mail. Thanks, man. We love getting yeah, mail. Thanks. We love it. Keep it More coming. Mail. Can I say okay. one thing, everybody? Yeah. I don't know who's listened to the audio book of um, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Has anybody listened to it apart from me? Yeah, yeah. I was listening. Yeah. I, I think I think if they do a series, Harry Lloyd could just play everyone. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I would be Harry up Lloyd for that. Play. Yeah, I would totally. Go. I would. I, would <laughs> I mean, I just that. want him to read the audiobooks for like the main the series going forward. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. I mean, I've totally I said in the past that I wish that Harry Lloyd would just play Danny in the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. oh he would. He would <laughs> knock it out of the park. <laughs> Oh, I would man. pay you to watch that. I would yeah. actually pay you to watch that. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, <laughs> if you have any more observations along those lines or any other lines, please do send them in to our email address, which I think is close the door end at gmail.com. I'm terrible at this part, right? It sure is. Gmail, okay. Um, please hit us up on Twitter, which Guile uh, heads up beautifully, which is close the door. Or no, no door, podcast, door podcast. Door podcast. Yep. At yeah. door podcast. It's not Backdoor Podcast. <laughs> you probably <laughs> should have named it Backdoor Podcast. What were you thinking? Why didn't we? Instead, it's just at Door Podcast. <laughs> um, and please consider becoming a patron of ours on Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes like this one. And um, they're generally really awesome people. And we're so happy that they exist because they allow this podcast to exist. And you can also find us at close the door and come here dot tumblr dot com. Did I miss any? Got it all. I think you guys need to make a Facebook page. There is one. Is there one? Yes. (laughs) I need to go find it. You can find us at close the door and come here on Facebook. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We're not high. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I know. It's iTunes. Please like and review us on iTunes. Actually, that's really important. Please like, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yes. Really helps new listeners to find us. And we know that there are a bunch of Jamie and Brienne fans out there who desperately need to find us so that they can survive (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Um, I would like to thank my panel. Thank you, everybody. Lady Blade, who is with us at like 3 o'clock in the morning her time because she's an angel. Thank you. (laughs) Chirper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.